0: Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We want to welcome you to the Pat Price Tech Talk training room of AccessibleWorld.org. The date is Monday, April 8th, 2013. And we have a great speaker and a dear friend of Accessible World back again. He was here a few weeks ago, and you know it was quite good regarding the Consumer Electronics uh, Show. And uh, But this is going to be very exciting news for us. Announcing the release of Sendero GPS 2013, and today, of course, I'm sure we may hear about 13.2. This Sendero GPS 2013 release for the Braille Note and Sense products is Sendero's 17th version since the laptop GPS version was released in 2000. It has been over two decades since the founder of Sendero began working on the first GPS prototypes. We have expanded, they say, our GPS product line with yet another platform from which to choose, Windows PCS. If you already own Sendero PC Maps, you now have the option to upgrade your version to include GPS functionality on the Braille slash voice and note uh, braille voice and the braille voice sense and mobile geo version we have updated to 2013 maps and POIs and made software enhancements under the hood including much faster POI searching. New new purchases come with a single year map license. No more multi-year licenses. Version 2013 improvements will be discussed by our speaker because I'm going to stop here because he will know them best and be able to explain them. Ladies and gentlemen, it's my great honor at this time to introduce Mr. Mike May, the president of the Sendero Group. Mike, the microphone is yours and thank you and welcome to Tech Talk.
1: Very good, Bob, and thanks once again to you and uh, everyone, Tech Talk, for uh, inviting us on here and giving us the opportunity to share some news with people. Just uh, a quick check before I lock the mic and talk for a little bit to make sure I'm still coming through all right.
0: You're just fine.
1: Okay, well, very good. I'll expand upon the points that you just brought up, but of course the big news, um, I guess it's not that big a news, but 13.2 is out. The reason that that is uh, probably bigger news is that uh, a number of things are sort of evolving in the uh, the growth of, of Sendera Group. We started uh, with our first product in 2000. So we formed the company in late 99. And uh, my partner, Charles LaPierre, and I were working on it for a number of years before that at Arkenstone. And Charles, even before Arkenstone, was working on the GPS. So one of the things uh, we decided uh, recently was that there were plenty of people out there distributing Braille notes and Braille senses and um, too much competition for a limited number of users. So we decided to just turn the distribution over to the manufacturers, to HumanWare and to Hims, and they in turn would use their dealer network, and we would just focus on the GPS software, which is really our, our core business. So with that kind of change, we're, there's always a little bit of nervousness that you know, our existing customers going to continue to be supported, um, and we wanted to make sure that people knew that was happening so in fact since we released um, only several weeks ago we've come out with a 2013.1 and now a 2013.2 as changes come up the beauty of having an online software package which many of you know we haven't had for that many years where all of this could just be done online Uh, it enables us to be able to put up a new release and then people get notified, particularly if they're using the Sendero PC maps, they're notified that there's a new release, they download it, it everything gets handled in terms of the licensing uh, keys and maps and so forth, any new files that are updated, and this way we can release fairly small um, changes. So I'm going to go into what those changes are, but I I think really the significant thing is just to reassure people that in fact we are Fully committed to our core software, the BrailleNote, BrailleSense software, keeping that going. And even Mobile Geo, which um, Code Factory is no longer updating the actual software, we will be still providing new maps each year because people have map licenses that they might even have SMAs that go on for a few more years. So we will certainly update the uh, points of interest in maps for the Mobile Geo product, which is still pretty slick piece of software. In terms of those changes, um, as Bob said, 17 versions we're up to now, and um, 20 years since we've been working on this stuff. um, The the main thing that really happens uh, these days is updating the maps and points of interest. Uh, There was a speed increase in in point-of-interest searches, which was pretty dramatic. I mean, as much as four times faster, depending on which device you're talking about, but a lot faster searches which if you do a lot of POI searches uh, is something you'll notice a, a real important improvement. Uh, there's better handling of look around at intersections on highways. There's always room for improvement here because a lot of complexity when you're getting off of a highway and there's all of these ramps and connectors and exits and the real trick is, it's probably more in how the user handles these things than what the software does, but software's got to get the user the right information. So the idea is the user, Well, what I'm interested in, is giving my driver enough of a heads up that they know what to do, and we're not sitting at an intersection with with a bunch of people trying to get going while I'm reading my Braille display or listening to a synthesizer trying to figure out what's going on. That's really the tricky part at those those highway off-ramps. So you want to be able to tell somebody you've got an exit coming up in one mile because normally that's where the exit signs are and when you exit you're getting off at exit number 72 B and here's the name of the the road and we get to the bottom of the ramp you're going to turn right on such and such a street that's what you need to be able to convey to them and then have that information in case they forget you know they're going to do one thing at a time and it's complicated when people are driving so they they need you, you're the navigator, to be able to remind them of these things. So we, we, with each release we tweak that a bit more and I think there's still other things we can do but uh, it's, it's pretty darn good, particularly if you understand how to use it and how to do aheads. You know, you can look ahead on a route so you can review one, two, three, four turns ahead and, and have it in mind so you don't have to be reading a, a Braille display you, you've memorized what some of those upcoming turns are. Uh, we added yards as as one of the increments um, you know particularly when you're in uh in Britain They like to use yards instead of feet, not meters. We always had meters, but uh yards was one thing that we wanted to add to the the choice list because some people they just think in terms of something's thirty yards ahead they don 't think of ninety feet or a hundred feet or something like that and then there's always stability improvements that we're working on, so that means crashes, uh, some of these things just, who knows what combination of things will make something lock up. Now, I'm a PK user, which means I've got the about the least amount of memory that'll run this uh, Sendero GPS software these days, but um, I like the size of the device and haven't felt like going to the expense of getting it on hand, although uh, that's, that's my plan soon, although I've been threatening to do that. Since I got my, um, my current dog tank at the CNI, I took it on hand with me and I said for the whole time I'm in training I'm not going to touch the PK. And uh, I did that, that used to be on hand enough where I, I know it, but um, my, my hands just have not made the transfer yet and I know there will be a learning curve involved. It's hard to teach old dogs new tricks, but the, the PK in particular it crashes on me once a day, twice a day, depending on how much I'm using. It just, just locks up. I do a reset, and I'm back in business in 30 seconds, but um, it's kind of a pain. Uh, you don't run into those kinds of situations on the Apex or the BrailleSense products. They're much more stable, and, and Charles is always running his memory leak checker and doing different things to, to stabilize the software so that you don't have some, some lockup right when a critical thing is happening. Uh, the way that the GPS receiver connects is always something we've been tweaking. Um, there are different GPS receivers and the timing of how those connect through Bluetooth is a little bit tricky. The Bluetooth software, particularly on the BrailleNote, is a, a bit older. You know, they keep going from Bluetooth version 1, 2, 3, and now they're Bluetooth version 4. And so with the backward compatibility issues, sometimes um, create some problems. So we've tried a few things and made some improvements in the the 2012 version that uh, were better, let's say, 80% of the time, but another 20% of the time they were confusing because the GPS receiver wasn't connecting. So Charles can probably explain this a little bit more. He's going to come back on here. But the bottom line is he's reverted a bit to, um, to change the way that the bluetooth uh, receivers connecting so we'll come back to that in a second uh, when he's on here and then uh, to simplify things uh, we're going back to one-year licenses instead of uh, the option for one or three years and in this, the same process with that the actual end result for the user is a, a financial benefit because the list price has gone from 1388 to 998 so pretty significant change in price going along with that uh, that single-year license. And that does mean that each year uh, you'll need to pay a nominal amount for map and software upgrades, um, but we we hope to make that less as, as map licenses go down we pass that on to users and reduce the price. So typically in the past, um, map Upgrades have been in the range of, depending if you had an SMA or not, you know, 129 or so is kind of the magic number. And I think we try to squeeze that down under 100, so about 100 bucks a year. Keeps you going with the latest and greatest software. So let me take a breath there and see if uh, Chris Grabowski is also on here. and uh, I know I saw him in and maybe Charles has uh, arrived and see if they have any comments on those primary changes in 2013.2.
2: Um, as far as the Bluetooth receiver goes, um, we've put some delays in there. It's, it's kind of a, a tricky process because sometimes, um, the receivers, you'd put a too long of a delay in and it would take too long to connect, but every receiver was happy, but it's five seconds at startup. It's five seconds every time the user is, um, is, um, Uh, reconnecting to the receiver or what have you that we could probably shave two or three seconds off and having done that sometimes like the older receivers like holix m1000 um, seems to be an issue it it won't connect as uh, gracefully as it used to so we had to make some changes within the software to say okay if it's a holix m1000 then put the delay in if it's a another receiver, and then don't put the delay in.
1: Okay, yeah, that's um, always, always trade-offs with these things, but uh, you came through loud and clear that time, Chris. Uh, Charles, are you in here yet?
3: Very strange. Um, yes, anyway, uh, thank you very much for having Sendero, and uh, I'm excited uh, about the, the new upcoming well, the new release that we just did, the um, .2, and it <laughs> looks like there's going to be a .3 um, in the next few days. We found an issue with Sendero Maps just uh, after we released, of course. Uh, it always happens right after you release, right? Um, that the uh, F1 online help in Sendero Maps doesn't work um, with uh, the 2013, any of the 2013 versions that we, uh, we did with Sendero PC GPS. Uh, so we've we'll i already fixed that, and we're just tweaking that, and we'll make a new patch. But as Mike said, we can do this and uh, make small little releases that uh, incremental releases that uh, we can just pass out to everyone, and, and it's pretty easy to upgrade. So we're 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 in the process of doing that. Um, and as far as Bluetooth, uh, it's always an issue, as Mike and Chris said. Uh, there's trade-offs, and um, we're we're going to be making some more, I think, to to improve on things. And um, one of them is if you don't have a GPS or you lost your GPS connection and you press the G for GPS status, um, at that point it might reconnect. So this is <coughs> <coughs> excuse me. So this is something that we're we're planning on doing. I think we have done it in the PC version, and we're going to expand on that in uh, in the other product lines. Um, I think that's it for now.
1: Great. Yeah, thank you, Chuck. And uh, we'll uh, let me just check to see if Bob Sweetman came in because I've, I've asked him to comment too. Bob, did you make it? I'm here. Can you
4: hear me? Yes, we
1: can. Yeah, loud and clear. So um, stand by because Bob has something kind of interesting to contribute here. On uh, the next topic, which is uh, along with this 2013 release, we've circled back to day one. So GPS talk was the back version that we released in 2000 which was the first commercialization of any accessible GPS based on Strider the backpack system that I carried around for many years and it's in its initial form uh, I had a Toshiba laptop, everybody had their own uh, Gil Lutz uh, from Sendero was one of one of our first users, he and Bob, Bob Sweetman were were the first two guys that that said, um, you know, I'll I'll pay for this sight unseen. I just want to be in on the ground floor. And here they are, um, all these years later. So that um, that laptop version, of course, we we ended uh, for for various reasons. We couldn't continue with the PC version. It was a completely different uh, foundation of software, and that that went away. Um, but we've we've added it back in for a couple of reasons uh, one is that we've spent a lot of time over the last year or more working on the Sendero maps and you've been hearing about that if anybody's attended the APH sessions with Chris you know about the PC talking maps and that still remains the core of the what we now call Sendero PC GPS and maps uh, and because the maps product was so good and, and pretty well filled out we decided, well, let's go ahead and add GPS to it, which was um, easier said than done. Uh, it, was, it was challenging to f- work out all of the Bluetooth receiver issues, and uh, there was a lot of stuff involved in, in getting it to work on a, on a laptop. But Charles um, did that, and uh, we now have full GPS flexibility and a lot of people might say, "Well, why? Well, you know, why would you do that? Are we back to carrying a backpack?" And the answer is, no. Um, you could actually have a portable system based on a small tablet or sub-notebook. Um, those devices certainly are as small or smaller than a Braille note or Braille sense. So in terms of size, it's just working out the mechanics of how do you hang it over your shoulder. You got to have the right kind of case, and nobody is really uh, offering that, that package yet although I expect that will be happening and then there's really the more common use I think the way I use it is I'll have my laptop on a long car trip it's just uh, sometimes easier to, to do email and do some other things that I have on my laptop that I don't have on on my braille note and I can have the GPS running in the background and um, doing the same thing that I would be expecting from my braille note except it's uh, running on the laptop with the GPS receiver. That's really where I think there's the the most uh, functionality. And then if somebody doesn't have a braille note and they have to make a decision, I'm going to get a laptop or a note taker and they go for a laptop or a a small tablet or they use different names for these things. They they call them convertibles, notebooks, you know, all sorts of different names. It's all this technology is merging. You know, we had the, the term PDA for personal digital assistant, and now we have these other terms, so they're coming together. So uh, I was particularly interested in the Microsoft Surface when, uh, because you know, having the Microsoft name behind it, and listening to the configuration, I thought it'd be really neat to have. And so I was, when I was at the Consumer Electronics Show, I went by and I looked at a lot of these, what they sometimes call convertibles, and the reason they call it a convertible is because the lid does different things. They, they have different mechanical ways that the lid flips over, so the screen could come out and it can be like a Kindle or one of these uh, booklets, or it can flip around and face the other direction in case somebody wanted to watch a movie and, and the keyboard was on the opposite side. So they, they do all sorts of backflips. I think there might actually be one of these that's called a backflip uh, with these different devices. I really like the Toshiba. There was an Asus, and um, Chris knows about a number of these as well. But uh, I think the, the Microsoft Surface is one that is worth commenting on, and Bob Sweetman has been using one now for a month or so, and uh, I'd like him to, to demo it and talk to you about it for a couple of minutes, so you can check that one out. It does not have GPS built in, so you do need an external GPS receiver. As far as I know, uh, the Toshiba supposedly has it built in, and there's also um, another model, I'll think of it in a second here, a Lenovo that's been delayed in coming out. I think it's supposed to be out in April now. And that, from what I saw at CES, was supposed to have GPS built in, but sometimes people confuse assisted GPS with GPS, and so you've got to, you got to confirm these things before you know for sure if you need an external receiver. So, Bob, could you take uh, two or three minutes and, and give us a lowdown on the Surface?
4: Um, yes. What I what I have here is the Microsoft Surface and um, and uh, a, a, a external receiver that I can clip on my backpack. And I've got uh, the uh, I use the Logitech um, Bluetooth K eight ten keyboard which works really well and uh, so right now I've got it hooked up and I can press D for destination destination 331.28 to Wax Museum at Fisherman's Wharf 145 Jefferson ST San Francisco and right now I'm near um, address 14279 Gain Street my home on Game Street and 300 miles away is my destination so if I go into routes menu bar file routes, and arrow down to Automatic route Automatic route automatic routes, vehicle route destination and tell it to make a vehicle. Route. Destination waypoint forty six destination waypoint forty six, the wax museum of fisherman's wharf, one hundred forty-five Jefferson ST. And, and I can start walking through the route. Eight hundred twenty four So the surface being solid state, it has a hundred and twenty-eight gigabyte solid state drive is very fast. Um, the other thing that, that's kind of nice is it lets you play audio points. So if I go into favorites, select a favorite from the list, the Wax Museum the, book store, End, book, dialogue, the Bookstore North End, action dialogue, bookstore position, but, and tell it to play the audio. Select a favorite. As you approach the north entrance to the bookstore complex, the Sang College is on your left. That is an audio point that I recorded as part of a campus mapping project. So uh, it gives you a lot of uh, uh, power and uh, and portability. the The surface you can easily hold it in one hand. Um, I think and and it, it I've been using keyboard input with a Bluetooth key- keyboard. I I'm thinking of experimenting with. Uh, was speech input, but haven't gotten there yet. But it's it's very interesting technology, and it's very small. For example, I can be here in my GPS Start and Internet Explorer. just open column column Dropbox column. My Internet Outlook twenty
3: documents column Dropbox column. JAWS forty. Okay. Dropbox computer. My Dropbox Enter. or
4: my Word documents or whatever. So anyway, it's a it's a neat, uh, a really neat application. I've had a lot of fun with it. Okay.
1: That's great, Bob. Um, but that's amazingly fast, um, a route that's over 300 miles that just happened in uh, less than half a second. Uh, I mean, that is the real beauty. I would say the, um, the, gr- the, the great thing about the PC is it does the heavy lifting. So even if you are a braille note or a BrailleSense user, you can use the PC to calculate routes and then copy those routes over to your card and it, they'll, they'll operate perfectly well on your portable device. Uh, Searches are a lot faster, same thing, just do a lot of your heavy lifting on the PC and then use it in conjunction with your portable device. Um, You also have, if anybody has a bit of vision, the PC has uh, visual maps and there's some large print and color contrast options uh, to help out uh, with that part of it. Um, The other thing, and this is really where, where we were going with the PC version, is to make it something that is not a competing product with the BrailleNote or BrailleSense, but really an adjunct to it. And for that matter, it applies uh, as as, uh, as well to the mobile geo. If you have a phone, you got that little keyboard, and you have you know decent processing power in a an HTC phone, but not nothing like a laptop. And you use the two together. And the same case will apply when we come out with our iPhone version you can do things a lot quicker with a full keyboard than you can do easily on a touch screen of an iPhone. So you do your research, you do your virtual exploration, which is really the beauty of of any of these products that have it. The Braille Sense have virtual exploration, as does GEO. The iPhone GPS will not initially have it. And part of it is just the interface issue of how do you explore really explore, not just hear a few streets announced in your vicinity. I mean, you If you're going to explore, you want to know the lengths of the blocks, where to turn, how to follow them, and, and so forth. And we've really uh, focused on that in the Sendero Maps uh, for exploration. And you'll certainly find that if you explore an area before you go there, there's much less reliance or need for the GPS to, to take a lot of uh, uh, cognitive power, a lot of time focusing and thinking. You know, you're dealing with your mobility you can't be uh, doing too much heavy listening to your GPS device. Um, the other thing that the PC does is what we might call map managing. It does the handling as I said of the maps and the licenses and uh, again something that works nicely in conjunction with uh, these other products. It won't be something necessarily with the iPhone but it works well with these other products. Um, coming back to bob for a second um, the microsoft surface does have a keyboard and it it comes off of the screen so it separates in a in a nice fashion so you can you could just have the screen that uh, the reason for that of course is if somebody wants to use the touch screen and use it as a tablet they could use the touch screen and that's something i think is still being worked out in terms of how that touch screen works in an accessible arena i know it uh, CSUN, I saw JAWS, uh, JAWS 15 or something beta that was doing some um, pretty good work with uh, the touchscreen. But Bob, do you have any experience in using the Surface without the keyboard and just on that touchscreen? Um,
4: no, I haven't done much with that. You can kind of do a little bit with Narrator, but it doesn't work too well. But um, uh, JAWS 15 is supposed to have uh, support for the touchscreen.
2: VDA also uh, is supposed to uh, support the touchscreen as well.
1: Yeah, and I wouldn't expect it'll be quite as, as smooth as, as voiceover initially in terms of gestures, but I, I think that's the direction some of these things are going. Uh, I'd consider it the good news, bad news. Um, any questions? Uh, we're about at the half-hour mark here, so if anybody has any questions about any of these features or uh, the hardware, um, go ahead and uh, we'll, we'll take those now.
0: Uh, let, let me again say, if you uh, have a microphone, hit F8, write the letter Q and enter, and we will recognize you. If you don't have a mic, hit F8, uh, write your question, and enter. I, I'm just, my mind's blown away with this computer thing. It's, the, it's so fast, the processing. It's just amazing. But is this a Microsoft Surface? I'm showing my ignorance. Is this a computer? A laptop computer? Is that what you guys are talking about? And do you see, I guess Cindero will really get into this, right? I think it's just a, a great way to augment Braille Note, which I love Braille and reading it and all that. But to be able to copy routes over to my Braille Note is just amazing with the speed of the processor there. So um, I guess I'm asking, is Microsoft Surface a laptop computer?
1: Well, as I said, Bob, it's hard to know what you call these things. I mean, it acts like one. They have two different versions. They have the compressed Windows, uh, what is it, I think, RT software, but the full Intel processor, Windows 8 Pro, as they call it, is what's running on the version Bob has. So if anybody wants to look into this, you'll find the RT version for $500 or $600, this uh, pro version is going to be over a thousand by the time you add all the extras there's two different kinds of keyboards a, a super thin one and then one that has a little bit of tactile feedback which is nicer and of course you can get it with 64 gigabytes or 128 so you get more uh, bigger hard drive the price starts getting up to 12, 1300 bucks which is pretty familiar price point for most laptops but physically uh, I'd say, Bob, you you fill in this a little bit more. I'd say, when it's closed, sitting on your desk, it's maybe a half an inch thick, and then the size of a large hardback book, and pretty light. Uh, I I don't think it's under a pound, but it's certainly under two pounds.
4: Yeah, it's 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 very small. Um, I would say it's it's you can easily hold it in one hand. And the other thing that I forgot to mention is that. I did, um, the Logitech keyboard has a, um, a program that you can use to configure the, uh, the keys, so the function keys work like regular function keys. So you can do Alt F4 instead of Alt Function F4, that sort of thing. Um, and it, they had to write a program for it because it boots within a quarter of a second. Uh, you only have a quarter of a second, so there would be no time for anyone to go into CMOS. So that's why they came up with a program to configure the keyboard.
3: Yeah, this um, surface—it's new hybrid of computers now, Bob. Um, it's or Robert. Um, it's basically you know it's a it's a tablet when you take off the keyboard, and then when you plug the keyboard in, it really acts like a like a laptop. Um, so there there's a lot of different convertible computers out there now that's dual purpose to be able to snap on or to use a wireless keyboard, um, but then you can take that off and. Um, use it as a tablet in in other situations and uh, that's what a lot of these uh, new um, uh, tablets and um, and uh, hybrid uh, convertible computers are now um, coming out with it's uh, just incredible as you, it's kind of mind blowing as you said
0: yeah welcome to the 21st century how exciting And you guys are always on the cutting edge and we really appreciate it let's see if ron sees some questions up there and um Ron, do we have any questions, please? Uh, yes, looks like Marsha has a question.
4: Uh,
0: yes,
5: um, <clears throat> my question is um, I, when I got the GPS maps, you know, when I got the Sendero maps, uh, it came on a 16 gigabyte flash card, and yet the upgrade is a 32 gigabyte flash card uh what do i do and number two who do i get to walk me through it because when i tried to get my um uh you know the braille sense people from Hims to walk me through it uh nobody seemed to know what to do
1: um marcia we probably should uh uh, talk to you a bit offline we'll just give you a general answer to that and then um, chris is a good person to talk to knows these inside and out and you can always call the the Sendero number and um, get some help. But one of the things in our switching over to distribution with these manufacturers is they're they're supposed to handle the support. Um, we're still backing them up, but if they have any questions, they can ask us, and then we we train the trainers, if you will. But uh, in short, the answer to your question is the the maps still take under 16 gigabytes. Uh, if you loaded the entire country, including the, the island places, Hawaii and Guam and so forth. So it'll still fit on a 16 gigabyte card. Um, we've, we've switched around depending on which product you get, whether, whether uh, a 32 gigabyte card was included. But normally, when you bought a new unit, Sendero Maps for the Braille Note, it came on a 32 gigabyte card. Um, you now have the option of an electronic version. So this 998 that I talked about is with no card or receiver or anything because the, the Sense products have GPS built in. An external receiver is a good idea, but it's not required because there's an internal one built into most of those Sense products. So in that case, you're downloading the maps and you put it on whatever card you want or you don't want the whole country and you don't want to take up 16 gigabytes uh, on your sense product, you might just put the state that you're interested in, or if you travel somewhere, you put another state in. So that's that uh, describes some of the discrepancy. The update, though, the 13.2, that's just software, and um, the maps um, that you get with 2013 um, are roughly the same size as the previous year.
0: So, Marcia, ur- urge uh, your manufacturer if they can't, you know, walk you through it to get s- talk to Sendero and get the answers, and then the they, hymns can call you back. This is the way it is, and it's very understandable. Okay, Ron, next question, please. Okay, the only remaining question is from Jerry Hogan.
6: Well, I have a ton of questions, but I have to narrow it down to one. I have many, but um, here in San Antonio now, this town has grown so much that, that uh, there's always new businesses coming up. Some is coming down. They're not sixty, but a lot of track home, a lot of new home. Everything is growing here, so uh, it's important to keep up. But you say you're gonna uh, do one year instead of three years. But for some of those, I purchase my own map every year. By the way, out of my own pocket. But um, for those people that do have that and they have to wait, you know, they say, "Well, I don't want to update every year. I want to do it every." two or three years because in my community, there's not much changes. Now, let's so say they wait three years, they do an update. Well, they have to uh, do a catch up and pay for the others two years before they can get the uh, current map?
1: Uh, good question. Yeah, that's usually the way it works. So if, you know, if you're still back on version 6.2 and you think, oh, I don't know if I want to bother upgrading, um, there's both maps and software improvements, so um, they're missing out on some software improvements if they're not uh, if they're not caught up as well as maps. Unless you're on mobile geo, which is only updating the maps, so that's, uh, that's not necessarily a good strategy. It kind of spreads yeah. out the pain if you if you upgrade every year. And we've we've tried to do some amnesty amnesty programs so that people are way back on some ancient version and it's going to cost them $800 to upgrade, uh, we will come up with, uh, I, and I think we might have one still going now, there's, you know, there's a maximum price, so you can get back up to speed, and it, it's not, roughly it's $50 a year, so you, know, you wait four years, it's going to be 200 300 bucks. but uh, there, there is a ceiling, so I think we, we should have that covered now. The way
0: things change in California, I'll get it every year. Uh, Ron, do we have another question, or was Jerry's the final one?
4: Okay, uh, Lisa Hall asked the question, any updates for the Packmate Omni for the GPS option?
1: Uh <laughs> Well, I'd highly recommend the PC version. <laughs> um, no, we've unfortunately not been able to to sort that out with freedom, not because we weren't both interested in making it happen, but um, there there isn't one for for the PACMATE and nothing uh, nothing in the work. so sorry about that. Uh, I'll, I will mention Bobby said about updating data. Um, boy, if somebody's only using it in their own community, they're not getting all they can out of this thing. You really should be hopefully looking up other communities. And uh, it's not just a matter of knowing your own, although most people, if they really use it, they discover things in their backyard they didn't know existed before. And particularly points of interest, if um, streets may not be changing, but points of interest are, are changing regularly. I, I'm very diligent about keeping up with the points here in Davis. And in the downtown area, I've got user points at virtually every business, maybe short of a few... Um, uh, hair salons and so forth, but uh, you know any restaurant, hardware store, etc. I've got them the user points marked, and darned if they, some of those businesses don't they don't go out of business and they don't change names every so often. So uh, that's where our user-generated content aspect of the program works because if everybody does that and tweaks the data in their areas, then we're going to collectively help each other out and make the product better for everybody. Any other questions? Okay, thanks to Sendero. I'm still
0: learning about my neighborhood, so we appreciate it. Uh, Ron, any other questions, please?
4: Uh, No other questions at this point.
0: Well, on behalf of Accessible World and Tech Talk, we want to thank you, Mike and Chris and Charles for taking time out of your schedule to come here and speak to us. I know you guys are very busy. I can tell something new every time we have you on. We thank you so very, very much. Uh, As usual, an outstanding job. And the final word uh, will be from our coordinator of events shortly. But let me say that next week we have another young old friend or whatever. Uh, Anna Dressner will be coming to talk about reading books on the iPhone and about her new book on the iPhone. And Anna's very good. You guys want to be here. Even if you don't have an iPhone, you will want one after you listen to Anna. So uh, without further ado, Marsha, would you have the final word here, please?
5: Well, thanks, Bob, and thank you to you also, to uh, Mike, Bob, and Charles. Uh, Excellent presentation from the three of you, and Sendero has some very exciting things out there. And you all are doing a wonderful job at at, uh, keeping things updated and coming out with new products. So thank you so much for uh, coming here this week to Tech Talk in the Pat Price Tech Talk training room. And thank all of you for being here this evening and hope you'll come back next week. And uh, take care and everyone have a good week. And thank you again to the three of you.
1: Uh, You're welcome, Marcia, Bob, and everybody uh, for listening, and uh, Charles, Chris, and Bob for helping me out. I would mention that uh, Sweetman Systems is still actively um, selling, distributing uh, the Braille Sense and Braille Note products and I bet um, if you twisted Bob's arm he uh, he might sell you a Microsoft Surface or something else. He certainly is one of the experts in the country on on how all these things go together as I said uh, working on this stuff with us since the beginning so uh, contact Sweetman Systems if you need any uh, distribution needs or software or anything else uh, I think it's, it's good teamwork when people like Bob are out there in the field uh, putting systems together and then people like us are behind the scenes uh, making it happen. Um, I would say uh, again that as the iPhone comes out uh, keep in mind the Sendero maps in conjunction with it. There's I, I have to get on my soapbox about this because people keep acting like the iPhone's going to solve the world and uh, I'm really excited about it but um, uh, I hesitate to say any one device is going to do everything for us. Thanks a lot, and uh, we'll catch you guys on another time. Oh, oh, right, and I
0: do not want to be remiss in not recognizing Bob Sweetman. I'm so thrilled to see him here, and I can tell you firsthand, I'm very prejudiced. He's the best dealer in the country. He's fantastic, and uh, he and Sue do a great job for us. We're very fortunate to have him so close. Uh, i circle his house with problems or call him at, at times, and he's always there to help us. So we thank all the team here that came this evening. Okay, now you guys are on. This room is yours 24-7. You can talk all night.
5: Chris, I apologize for leaving you out. <laughs> you also did a fine job with a, with your panel this evening, so uh, thank you. And once again, I apologize for not uh, mentioning your name.